him if you have a need tonight if you need the Lord if you're desperate for him if you had a place in your life where you say I cannot continue to carry this alone we have pastors we have ministers here to pray with you but more importantly we have a space here that he's inviting you into so if you have a need tonight now's the time come down lay it before him because he is the one he is the one who longs to carry all of your burdens God we belong to you tonight
here in this place and Lord we've not come here tonight to to just meet and go through the motions we've come here tonight like that woman that pressed through the crowd she said that she had heard about you and that she knew that if she could just get to you if she could just but touch the hem of your garment Lord she knew that she'd be made whole I want you right now would you just reach up in the spirit would you touch that heart, that hem of his garment? I know that may sound a little ridiculous, but would you just reach up in faith and lay hold on the Son of God tonight? Just touch him. Minister to him. Lord, we honor you and we give you praise. We give you thanks tonight, for Lord, you are worthy of our praise. You're worthy. Lord, if we sang all night long, you're worthy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Would you, would you just turn to two or three people standing beside of you? You don't know, but what somebody standing right there has got a, a need in their life. And not everyone always feels comfortable to just come down front and have others pray for them. Would you just find two or three right there beside you? Would you begin to pray for them right now? Would you let God use you in prayer and faith to touch the need in their life. Would you do that? Oh, hallelujah. With showers of mercy and grace Falling, falling on every face There is freedom Oh, Jesus reigns, he will reign Oh, Jesus Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He's meeting needs all over this sanctuary. Thank you, Jesus. We stand and we agree by faith. Your word, Lord, declares we're healed. Your word declares, God, that we have provision. Thank you tonight that we can bring every care to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We intercede tonight for our brothers and our sisters. We care about the needs they have. They're going through, Lord. We want to hold. We want to hold their burden. We want to hold their hand and walk them through by faith. We want to help our brothers and our sisters, God. Use us tonight to intercede for them. Showers of mercy and 
Amen. Won't you give the Lord praise tonight? Now we have a desire in this house after this morning's message. I believe that we want to move out of casual Christianity. We want to move beyond that into the fire of the Lord. I want to be found faithful to Him. I want Him to use me and to use you. I want the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit to be at every meeting that we have. I've come together tonight in His name, not in your name, not interested. Love you, but not interested. Not interested in coming together in the name of the church of God. Not interested in coming in the name of any preacher or any brand of religion. I've come in the name of him who gave his life for me, shed his blood on Calvary for me. I'm here tonight in the name of Jesus. And I agree with you that your needs are met. I agree with you tonight that you're healed in the name of Jesus. Not because I say it, but because his word says he's the healer. He is the healer tonight. Do you believe that? Say amen. I want, we are interactive around here. If you don't know that, we're interactive. The better you say amen, the, the shorter service is. I say that often, but I'm telling you, if you'll say amen a lot, if you'll get involved a lot, you'll get out earlier. If you don't say amen, I figure we got a lot more work to do, so we'll just be here all night. I love the Lord tonight. I love what He did. They, I, I don't even know. They didn't tell me how many got saved this morning I'm going to guess somewhere between 10 and 15 people got saved in the morning services today come on give the Lord praise for that amen the angels of glory are still shouting over that we're moving away from casual Christian living aren't we we don't want to compromise we don't want to be complacent we're not here religiously we're not here to analyze and evaluate. We're not here to put down and tear down. We're here to build up the kingdom of God in any way we can. I stood with a, a gentleman. I stood in his room the other day, 92 years old. 92. Never really been a church-going man. He called for a preacher. I went by the hospice center where he was. We had a long conversation. I heard stories about World War II. It was awesome. I sat with tears in my eyes as this man began to tell me about how he pushed back the Italians in the World War and he was there helping the Germans and the French and are fighting against the Germans and he was helping the French and he was telling me the stories and finally it got down to it and he looked at me with tears in his eyes and he says, well preacher, the way I see it is I'm on my way out. said, I figure I want to go to heaven. So we begin to talk about Jesus and the battle that he won and the price that he paid. And that gentleman right there in that room started praying prayers you wouldn't believe. It was beautiful, tears streaming down his face. And he was talking about the Lord forgiving him and washing him of all of his sins. And he was telling the Lord how good he tried to be with charity. But when it came down to it, he looked up at me and he said, well, does that do it? And I said, you know what? You better believe it does. The tears in your eyes, the determination to, 
go to heaven and to believe and to confess that with your mouth and to ask the Lord to forgive you of all your sins. I said, sir, you're going to heaven. And he just, he said, thank you, preacher. And I said, well, it wasn't me. I said, his name is Jesus. He died on the cross 2,000 years ago. And he's the one that gives us free salvation tonight. Amen. Are you happy tonight in the Lord? Are you glad that he saved you? Are you glad he sanctified you? Anybody in here filled with the Holy Ghost? Hallelujah. Well, after this morning's two services, the way I preached, I sound just like R.W. Schambach tonight. So I ought to get more amens than ever because I'll be sounding just like that guy. But I love you. And I appreciate you. And I wanted to take time just to visit for a minute for us to get a hold of the Lord for one another. I'm believing that God's going to change His church, shake us up like we've never been shook up before. Old religiosity dies and goes. All the people that got problems and like to analyze and evaluate and pick on everything, man, I'm telling you, they're going to get saved before it's over. And I think that we're going to go on and be the church on fire. I like what somebody said on Facebook today. They said that our church is a lighthouse in Middletown and Pastor Ray is a lighthouse keeper. So I came in today with a new job description, Brother Brandenburg. I'm the lighthouse keeper. And you know what? That sounds all right to me. I want to be a light. I want to be salt. I want to be whatever I need to be to get the power of God at work in this city. Amen? Do you believe it? Turn to somebody, shake their hand and say, Jesus is coming. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. Good evening. Feel the presence of God here tonight. I'm thankful. Surely you feel the burden bearer walking these aisles tonight. Such a sweet presence of the Lord. I wanted to, as we go into the offering tonight, share scripture. And uh, obviously we pray about what to say up here, but this afternoon I was thinking about the offering tonight and I felt like the Lord gave me a reminder. You know, we give and we give and we give and Sometimes people give out of a belief that there's a reward, and sometimes people give out of obligation. I know that the Lord really wants our heart to want to give, and the Lord wants us to to give it as an offering to Him. But I'm reminded today that when we give, He will not forget what we've given. I'm reminded tonight and feel like as we give tonight, the Lord wants to remind us, those that have been faithful, And those that have carried the weight, even in the heat of the day, in Revelation chapter 22 and verse 12, he says, Behold, I am coming soon, and my reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. Then he says this as a reminder to us that he's the beginning and the end. He says, For I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. I wanted to remind you today that when you give, it's not in vain. That when you offer up what God has given you and what you've worked so hard for, you so obediently and generously give in the offering, you're giving it to the Lord. And I even like people, I've been around a lot of people that are skeptical of church because they ask for money. I like people like that because it opens up a conversation where I can tell them how faithful God has been to this youth pastor. Uh, I've been a youth pastor a long time and, and, and God's blessed us and taken care of us, but I'm telling you... Um, There's been days, man, where I had next to nothing, but I gave because God said to give. And everything that I had, God blessed. And he stretched. 
And he made it work and he made it to a blessing and made it to where I could give more and more and more. God always remembers and he always blesses the faithful. Remember, as you give tonight, put that offering in that offering plate with a full heart, a cheery heart tonight. I'm English right there. I said cheery. I don't know what that was. With a cheery heart tonight. Cheerio, mate. Cheerio. Father, we love you and we bless you. Father, we give, Lord, with a, a heart of thanksgiving tonight. God, we know, Lord, even in the past that we've given maybe a long time ago, Lord, we were obedient to give something above and beyond, God, what, what uh, maybe we were commanded to. But, Father, your spirit put it on our heart. I want to remind them, and I pray your spirit reminds them that it was, it was not for naught, God, that there is a harvest that they'll soon reap. God, they'll stand before God and souls thousands upon ten thousands God will rejoice in your presence because somebody was generous and somebody was faithful and somebody was obedient God let that be us tonight in Jesus name for your glory and your name's sake amen there's nothing worth
I don't know what he is wanting to do with us this evening. You know, you never know when you walk into God's presence. That's the awesome thing about a church where we've come to meet him. We didn't come to just do our thing. A lot of churches want to just do their thing. We come here tonight with one intention, and that's to touch him. Find out what he wants to do with us. 
It's so important that we stay focused, as I mentioned this morning. I'm going to let you go ahead and be seated for just a few minutes. I'll read the word, the scripture for the service tonight, but I want you to feel comfortable. Just how this all day, all, well, all week, really, I, I've had such a burden. This morning, you heard some of that burden. You heard a lot of that burden. I'm just believing that God is leading and guiding us into a very strategic and pivotal point. I believe with all my heart that we are at a very important place in history. I believe that the rare pages of this book right here are coming to life right in front of us. And if you'll get in this book and if you'll understand what it says, you'll know what I'm talking about. I'm amazed, Brother Robinson, that I am looking and opening this thing up to the end times and reading things that I'm starting to see on the news right now. The awesome thing about that is the Bible says that when you see those things begin to come to pass, look up. I read that this morning. Lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. I'm telling you any moment, any time, I believe there's a rustling in heaven right now. I believe that the angels of God are looking at the throne. I believe they're taking a look over there at the sun. And I think they're just waiting. Gabriel's probably over in a corner somewhere practicing on a trumpet. He's getting ready for the moment when the Lord looks over and says, Now, right now, go get my church. Are you hardly able to handle that? He's just any moment going to do that. I believe that with all my heart. I'm living in that expectation. I'm going to live in it. I'm going to pray that nothing distract me, nothing hinder me. I don't want to become cold and indifferent and callous. I don't want to become normal and average. I don't want to be complacent. I want to stay in that place of expectancy. If the world calls me a fool, they'll call me a fool. If the church world thinks I'm a fanatic, then they'll call me a fanatic. I am determined that we will see his return with clear eyes. And I'll see it unashamed with nothing hidden. And we'll be ready when he comes. As Jesus told that Laodicean church, he said, you're miserable, you're wretched, you're blind, you're naked. He looked at them and told them all those things, shaming them for where they stood, knowing the truth. Probably the worst possible place you can be is be someone who knows the gospel, has experienced the presence and the power of God in your life, Holy Spirit has drawn you and you've responded and you've accepted Christ and you're living a Christian life and yet you are dead on the inside, barren on the inside, no fruit, no love, no expectancy, no hope inside you. You have no life inside you. They sing these songs about Holy Spirit, you are welcome here and you sit there and you might be staring at the wall wondering when the preacher's going to get up so I can go home telling you I would hate to be in that position I'd hate to be in that spot no I pray tonight that he will give us a gully washer over our spirit that he'll touch us afresh and brand new that tonight we'll get a fresh vision of faith enough faith to believe him not only for the things we need in our life but believe him for what his word declares 
and he talks about the very last days. Let me tell you, if you don't realize it, if you don't know it, if you haven't heard the teaching, if you've not been around the preaching, let me clue you in on something. We believe in the soon, very imminent coming of Jesus Christ. We believe it could be at any moment. And those that are ready, those that are watching, the Bible made reference and Jesus made reference to 10 virgins, five who had oil in their lamps and were ready when the bridegroom came knocking at the midnight hour. Five, the Bible says, were foolish. Five weren't ready, didn't have oil in their lamps. That means, you know, the oil represents the Holy Spirit and the work of the Spirit. In their lives, they hadn't been drawn. They, haven't, they hadn't taken care of that and nurtured that work of God in their life, and they were empty. Oh, man, if you're empty tonight, find you a spot somewhere and get on your face before you leave his house. Five, the Bible says, were foolish, and they weren't ready. You know what that says? Have you ever thought about the fact that that says 50%? Now, this wasn't one of the apostles who wrote it. It was Jesus who spoke it. And Jesus' word, Cameron, to all of us in a parable was that 50% of the people who think they're ready to go were not ready. Woo. Doesn't that make you want to get on your face? Doesn't mean they were foolish in the fact that they, they didn't know. It means they were deceived. They thought they were ready. We've got to get to the place where we're not distracted. We're not, we don't go off and try to work out our own salvation. We're not trying to go another way or another route. We got to understand there's one way to get to heaven and that's through Jesus. And if you're going to go through Jesus, you better understand that's a lot harder than going through the church. You might be trying to get by on the church. You might be trying to get by on mom and dad's religion or grandma and grandpa's religion. You might be trying to get by because you've been raised in a certain environment. But let me tell you something. You got to go one way and that's to the cross yourself. And you got to kneel right there at the cross of Calvary. Accept him into your life. Let him be the Lord and Savior of your life. Wash your sins away. And you have to start walking in relationship with him. And if you don't have that relationship tonight, then you better hang on to something. Because this is all the heaven you'll ever know. Is that all right tonight? Boy, that's a little. That's all the heaven you'll ever know said not too long ago to some folks who were looking at a loved one in a casket. They were grieving and they were hurting. And I talked to the family and I comforted them, Sheriff. I comforted them by telling them and letting them know those that have faith, those who are believers in Jesus. I said, don't you worry about it. It's hurting. It'll hurt for a little while. There'll be an empty chair at Christmas this year, but don't you worry about it. Just any minute now, there'll be a resurrection morning and we'll all be together again. 
We'll all be shouting around glory and we'll all see one another again. I've got a mama over there. You've got a mama over there. You've got a daddy or a grandma, grandpa over there, maybe a child over there. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, hear me tonight. There's going to be a reunion day. There's going to be an hour and a time when we'll all be together around that precious throne. But I looked at that crowd and I said, but if you don't believe, if you're not a believer, you ain't got time for religion. You got too many other things, too many other irons in the fire. You got too, too much going on in your life. To think about that. If you're not a believer, then I told them, I said, when we go by and pay our last respects, why don't you linger by the casket just a little longer than everybody else? Why don't you take your time? I give you permission to just take your time. And you just stay right there as long as you need to because that'll be the very last time you ever see them in all of your life. So you might need to take a little extra time over the believers. And I watched some eyes get big. And we prayed a prayer right there in that service, that funeral service. For people to get right with God, I'm telling you, we've got to be concerned about our relationship with the Lord. Not that he didn't fulfill his end. Not that he didn't go to the cross and, and absolutely purchase our salvation with his own blood. The sacrifice was given. It was accepted in the heavens. The Father accepted the sacrifice and the price, the price for the wages of death was paid. Some folks just not gonna surrender not going to give in, not going to allow the work of the Spirit in their lives to draw them into that relationship with the Lord. The saddest thing in the world will ever be, you'll ever hear, will be the cries of those who knew somebody who knew, who had a grandma who knew, who had a grandpa who knew, mom and a dad who knew, but they just never paid attention I don't know why I'm talking like this tonight this is not my message I feel to pray right now if you're here tonight would you bow your heads in the sanctuary perhaps it was a song a few minutes ago perhaps it was a word that one of the ministers spoken or Holy Spirit's just been working on you for a long time and you finally ended up right here in this moment. And you need to make things right with Jesus. You need to accept him into your life. If you're here in this house, I want your pew right where you're sitting to become an altar. And before we go any further in this service, I'm going to give you an opportunity to accept Christ and get things right with him. I'm telling you, I'm not, I'm not feeding you any story. I'm not feeding you a some kind of a bedtime story from some Goldilocks and three bears. I'm telling you, this is life and truth. You see the anguish around the world. You see those that are, that are allowing so much terrorism to go on and the Christians that are fleeing to the mountains because they're being attacked left and right. You, you see the news, how Israel, little Israel, is in the middle of the news with enemies all around her. You see it. You know it. You're nervous about it. You've already been thinking about it. God has made a moment in time for you tonight. 
right here, right now. And if you need to accept Jesus into your life, we're not going to go any further until we pray with you right here, right now. If you're here, you need to pray that prayer. Would you just slip up your hand right where you are and right back down? We're going to pray right where you are. God bless you. God bless you. Holy Spirit's doing the work. God bless you. Three folks already before we've even gotten into this, the message tonight. Is there anyone else? Anyone else? Man, I need to make things right with the Lord. I, I want to know. I want assurance in my life that I'm right. I'm ready with him. I, I don't want to guess. Preacher, I want to know and I want to pray tonight. God bless you. Amen. That's all right. There's four. Is there anyone else? All right. Let's make an altar right there at your seat. This prayer is not a magic formula. It's nothing in and of itself but words, but spoken from your heart. Jesus said, if a man or a woman will believe in their heart, confess him with their mouth, they'll be saved. Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The acknowledgement that you believe and you're ready to pray means everything in the world's going to change for you in just a moment. Are you ready? Church, pray this with me. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Savior. I declare you're my Lord. You are God. You died on the cross for me, Jesus. You rose from the dead. I believe that in my heart. I confess it with my mouth. And as I have received you, asked you to cleanse me, and accepted you in my life, made you Lord of my life, your word says that I'm saved. I'm born again. Right now, as good as anybody that's ever believed in all the word of God, and I'm making heaven my home. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. You see, when... You decide that not going to be casual, not going to be complacent, not just going to go through the motions. Who knows how church is going to be from now on. We, we'll do the altar call at the beginning. We'll take the offering at the end. We'll love on one another, welcome visitors at the end. We'll just preach right at the beginning. Who knows what we'll do. How many of you are with me that will follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in every way? You'll be all right with that. Amen. I want you to stand with me for the reading of God's Word. Tonight I want to spend a little bit of time sticking really close to my notes because I want you to hear this and know what I'm saying. I, I want to stay focused on the title of this message, which is called Faith Enough. Faith Enough. To have enough faith, great faith, Strong faith, growing faith. How do you do that? 
I want to be able to give that to you tonight so that when you walk out of here, you know exactly how to grow faith in your heart. Mark chapter 11, verse 22. I'm going to read verses 22 to 24. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whosoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Can you say amen? That's the reading of God's word tonight. Father, we ask you to speak to us by your Holy Spirit that we'll not be afraid of faith that will not be afraid, Lord, to step out on nothing, that will not be afraid to accept and declare your promises done in our lives. I ask you to bring this home to us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Faith at times seems to be really mysterious. We've ten, tended to make it that way. We, we somehow kind of make it this, this invisible something out there. I remember the old movie, Indiana Jones, and I was blown away by what I consider to be a great illustration of faith. Indiana Jones is running from his enemies, and they're after him, and he comes up to this big canyon, and he comes to the edge of the canyon, and he's standing over the edge of it, and he looks down, and it's just thousands of feet down there and is sure death if he takes one step. And if you remember the movie, he turns around, gets real smart, picks up a bunch of dirt and throws it across there to find that in the middle of all that, there was a bridge that the dirt covered over the path of where it was and you could see it then. It was beautiful. I loved it. I sat there and watched it and I thought, all oh, the special effects is amazing. But then the Lord drove that home to me and he said, that's exactly the way it is with me in faith. You step out on nothing. You step out on what you don't understand and what you don't see. We don't always understand what God is doing. or We don't always understand his ways. He said his ways are past finding out, that his ways are not our ways. And so sometimes faith has to trust and believe in what we don't see. And as Christians, we have a responsibility that we walk and live in faith. Several times in the Word of God, it tells us four times to be exact. Once in the Old Testament, three times in the New Testament, it says the just shall live by his faith. We're to live by faith. We're to get up every day by faith. We're to walk by faith. We're to bury loved ones by faith. We're to trust in God at all times in our lives. How many of you know this is in heaven? We need faith to survive. Jesus is quick and all through the word he tells us and assures us that faith is the answer. Faith is the key. He says if you'll have faith, faith enough 
You can say to a mountain, move. Be cast over to yonder place and it'll move. Now somebody says, well, does that mean we can just claim Cadillacs and claim dollar bills out of the heavens and that kind of stuff? No. It's talking about, this is talking about the promises of God, his word and what it declares, and he teaches us in his word what we can claim and what we can hold to and hold, you know, hold fast to. He teaches us in here what we're to ask for, the things that we're to look for. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. Jesus said, if my word abides in you, if my words abide in you, and you abide in it, then you can ask what you will. He's making it very clear that we're to live a life based on a foundation of his word. And faith, the Bible tells us, come, cometh by hearing what? The word. And so we understand that the word then becomes our foundation and our trust. You find it in here, sweetheart. I, like, I said that this morning and I just said it again. At least I didn't say the word baby. I heard one preacher get up and say, come on here, baby. And I was like, who are you talking to, mister? <laughs> you find it in the word of God and you can sleep, you can put your head on it. You can hold it close to your heart. You can hold it fast and you can carry it with you. And you can begin to have faith to believe it. And if you'll believe it, the Bible says you'll have it. The promises of God are sure and amen. There, uh, Steve Brock used to sing a song called 30,000 Promises. I don't know exactly how many promises are in this word, but I know this. The Bible says heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall never pass away. He is the provider of his word. He is the fulfiller of his word. The Bible says the author, Jesus, and finisher of our faith. Faith is necessary. we got to have it. You've got to believe in what you don't see, what you don't know, but what you heard, what you've read, what you've put your life, you've built your life's foundation upon. Faith is mysterious. But Jesus said to a father who brought his mute son to him, if you would remember the father, this was in Mark chapter 9, verse 23, the father said to Jesus, he said, if you will have compassion on us, and if you can, please help us. And Jesus said to him these beautiful words, really some of the most powerful words in the Bible. If you'll get this down inside you and memorize this, it'll change your whole life. He, Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes now did you just hear what I said that that did not include any kind of pie in the sky that didn't include any kind of hope so wishful thinking this was a statement made by Jesus he said if you can believe how many times has the Lord spoken that over your own life if you can believe Lord, I need you to help me here. I need you to provide here. I need you to do this or do that. I, I need this done in my life. I need this guidance. I need this help. Jesus says to each one of us tonight, because the word is not written to just them, it's written to us, say amen. If you can believe, 
all things are possible to him who believes. That could very well be the most amazing scripture that you'll read as a New Testament Christian. The promises of God. Faith is what touches God, pleases God. Faith is the promise of his word alive in action in your life. And if you and I will get a hold of that truth tonight, we'll start to see heaven and earth begin to shake. We'll start to see things begin to happen. I, you know, some lady said to me this morning after the morning service, we're talking about that, you know, I mentioned a little bit that we talked about no more casual Christianity and no more living complacency, no more living in mediocrity, but living in the fire, the consuming fire of Hebrews, the God who is a consuming fire living in that, making sure the altar, the fire in our altar never goes out, living this life. She come up to me after service and she said, oh, pastor, I'm right there. I'm with you. I've been praying for this. I want to see things happen. And I'm telling you, that's where I'm at as well. I want to see things happen. But you know how it'll happen? It'll happen as we have given ourselves over to the confidence and the faith and the fire of God and believe. If we will believe what his word says is true, if you'll believe it, you'll see it in your family. If you'll believe it, you'll start to see it happen on your job. You'll see that marriage come back together. You know, I had somebody say to me the other day, they said, you know what? I said, man, how are you losing weight like you are? He said, I'm, tell, I'm praying. He says, you know, I'm, I've been cutting back and doing this. He said, but, but I don't want to give glory to that because I asked the Lord to help me. And, and man, he's been dropping pounds like you wouldn't believe. He said, the Lord is showing me what to do and he's helping me to be strong. I've given it to God every day. You know what I started praying that very day? Lord, help me lose weight. I said, Lord, if you... What you've done for one, you'll do for another. I found myself singing that song, he'll do it again. <laughs> and you know what? I'm already feeling a little smaller this, uh, this evening. <laughs> Faith, giving God all those things. If you can believe it, you'll see it. Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible. To him who believes. Faith is the bridge to a miracle. And faith is believing. It isn't naming and claiming. Come on, somebody. And don't get all offended. Don't get TB and offended. It isn't naming, claiming, blabbing, grabbing. It's believing. It's having that down deep inside your heart that you know, that you know, that you know. That you've got, you are absolutely confident, you're assured, and you are absolutely positive that God can do what he said he can do. How many believe that tonight? Amen. He can do anything. The reason you don't see miracles in your life is because you're not believing for miracles in your life. If you're not seeing God answer prayers, the Bible says in the Old Testament that he looks, goes around looking to find someone to show himself mighty and powerful on, on his behalf, on their behalf. He wants to touch their lives. He wants to be glorified. He wants to be revealed in your life. He wants to be honored and praised and lifted up as a God who loves you and is willing to do anything to save you. 
everywhere Jesus has went. You know, the, the word of God is really kind of divided into two categories. That men and women are divided in two ways throughout the whole word of God. Those who believe and those who don't believe. That's, that you can divide the Bible right down and put all the people together in the Bible. And it'll all come down to those who believe and those who don't believe. Everywhere Jesus went, he always connected his miracles with faith. Faith is necessary and important. Several years ago, the faith movement turned a lot of folks off of faith. And so they kind of got quiet and the church got dead. They backed off of faith, and they didn't believe for healing. They didn't believe for provision. And by not believing that, the, the things, they stopped happening. Faith is the bridge to a miracle. And when faith is attacked in your life or in a church, then they'll get what they're aiming for. They'll get nothing. But I want to stir up your pure heart tonight. I want to stir you up to believe what the Word of God says. He says that if you can believe, you will see it. And I am believing because in his word, he said that on the cross at Calvary, he took stripes upon his back that I might be healed. And so I'm gonna believe for healing where it'll glorify and honor and draw men and women to him, I'm gonna believe it. And I'm gonna believe that he is provider. I'm gonna believe that he is wisdom and truth and I'm going to believe it, and I'm going to start asking him for everything in my life. I want my faith to connect with my walk. Wouldn't that be notable? If our faith connected to our walk, boy, I'm telling you, I believe we're stirring up the ingredients for a church that is absolutely going to explode and be on fire. I'm believing that we're going to see miracles I prayed for a young lady this morning in this service, and you know what? I was bold. I was bold, Sister Boyer. I was absolutely determined. They called and told me ahead of time that this young lady, they had found a mass on her brain, and she's dealing with this now and having to have all kinds of tests run and MRIs, and she was nervous wreck, and, and she was brokenhearted. Her mom and dad were brokenhearted, and here she is, just a young girl. She come to the service this morning. I'm telling you, the power of the Lord spoke down inside of me, and the Lord spoke something to me that he did one Sunday morning at 8.30. Brother Dr. Ray, I was standing right about here when the Lord, I had just read a scripture on healing, and I had three discs. I could tell you it was the C1, the L5, and L4 or something like that. He would know. But I was standing there, and I had already been told they were bulging, and one was ruptured. I had already been told I had trouble. I was walking in here preaching the gospel with a cane, and I was sitting on the pew, barely able to sit down, and I got up one Sunday morning, and I got over here next to this thing, this pulpit, and I read a scripture on healing, and Gary's back here crying like he normally does, and he said, he said, Pastor, I believe the Lord wants to heal you, and I said, yes, Gary, yes, he, I believe that, oh, oh. I stood right about here, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and he said, hey, I'm going to hold you to my word. And, I, you know, normally we got a bunch of spoiled brats running around going, God, I just hold you to your word like you have to do that. He said heaven and earth would pass away, for his word would. You don't have to tell God what he's got to do. But I stood right there, and the Lord brought it back home to me, and he said, hey, son, I'm holding you to my word. Right about that time, I felt something hot go down through my back. 
and I, I don't know how. I don't know how it happened or why it happened. All I know is at the 1045, we had 16 people to, to baptize. I already had two pastors on call to get in the water with me to help me. But when I got up there, I could do all this and twist and turn. I got healed in that service, threw my cane away, walked up into the baptistry, and I dunked every one of them all by myself. And I've never been having a problem ever since. God healed me in that moment. If you'll believe, you'll see it. If you'll believe it. Now somebody says, well, well, why does God not heal in other situations? I don't know all the stories. I do realize that sometime or another, we do got to pass. Sometime or another, we got to go. I, I don't want him to heal me at 105 years old. To be honest with you, I'm going to look up and say, Lord, no healing. Stop. Don't want it. No, you don't. Amen. Don't act. Well, look at Enoch. My goodness. <laughs> no, but you know, I believe with all my heart that if you've got something, God wants to get the glory from it, and God has already made provision for it in his word. So one thing's for sure. If it's not a bridge to my mansion, then it's a bridge to healing and a miracle. And I want God to know I believe him for it. And I'm going to stand for it. And he told me this morning, I hadn't heard that in several years since that happened. I got healed right there in that service. There was, some, who, was anybody in that service? Who remembers? Look at all the hands. You were here. You remember. God healed me right here, right in this service. And I've never had a problem since. And I'm telling you, that's a miracle. I'm so thankful for it. But the Lord spoke to me this morning when I was daring, when I was bold, and I'd already been through a week of preparation, and I started to walk over here, and the Lord said, hey, hey, preacher. He said, I'm going to hold you to my word. You think I can touch that young lady? And I was like, but Lord, what if you don't? He said, do you believe I will? I said, I believe you will. And I walked over there, looked straight at her, and I felt the power of God, bold as a lion. And I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, not in my name, right? Not in the church's name, but in his name, I'm believing for a healing over her life. And you know what? I'm not afraid to get the doctor's report. I can't hardly wait because I'm expecting and I'm, I'm, my faith is strong and I am knowing that he is able, he has ability, is absolute, and he can do it. And so I'm, I'm calling it done by faith. Faith. Have faith. Your bills need paid. Have faith. You need provision. Quit trying to figure it out yourself and ask God to lead you and guide you into a bucket full of just what you need. Have faith. You know to give, give. Somebody says, well, I've been praying for God to help me pay my bills. I don't know what to do. I said, well, why don't you do what the Bible tells you to do? Give. They only like that part where it says, and it'll be given to you. They forget about the part where, I mean, I learned the lesson long before I was a pastor. Everybody thinks that I'm up here and I'm just thinking of ways to get your money. I'm just, oh, I'm up here. And if I say something about money, it's because I'm a preacher. And all we think about, we dream about some money. That's all we think about. You don't know me very well. I'd forget the offering if they didn't tell me. You know why? Not because I don't think the worship and the experience of giving is important. God teaches it in his word. But I'm telling you why I think it's important. I think it's important because I was in financial distress years and years and years ago. 
I couldn't figure out how to pay my bills. I couldn't figure out what I was doing wrong until I figured out I wasn't giving like I ought to. I wasn't giving like I should. I was giving irregular. And I'm telling you, it was at a young age that I looked up and I said, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe you for your word. And I started making sure I started giving. And you know what? Everything financially changed for me. I didn't get a raise. I don't remember there being any difference. All I know is that every time I went to the meal barrel, it was enough there to pay the bill, enough there to take care of the needs I had. I have never, I, am, I feel like I'm one of those guys that fits that scripture where it says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed out begging for bread. I have been, I have proven in my own life that God is faithful to every promise. You need financial provision, let your pastor tell you something he learned as a teenager, as a young man. Give, and it will be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I'm telling you, he knows what he's doing when he requires and asks of us to believe him. Amen? Boy, it got real quiet then. I, I, didn't, even, I didn't even hear it on me. I believe with all my heart that his promises are true. On the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus saw that great multitude around his disciples, and one of them came to him and said, Teacher, I brought you my son. And wherever he is, he's got this, this spirit, this mute spirit that's on him, and wherever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams at the mouth, and he gnashes at the teeth, and comes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples and that they should cast it out, but they could not. So he asked the father, and I brought this to you in the very beginning, how long has this been happening to him? He said, it's been happening from childhood, and often he has thrown, he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything or have compassion on us, please help us. And Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. In reading that scripture, I'm reminded of the fact that Jesus here in this instance was giving him a key that we have to hold on to ourselves. We got to put it in our pocket and believe that if he's called us, he will provide. If he, is, if he has said it in his word, he will, he will do it. If he has done it in the, the promises, if it's there recorded in this precious word, then it's something that you and I can count on. The woman with the issue of blood, we, we talked about her in our prayer time tonight. Jesus, immediately knowing himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, Lord, you see the multitude around you? Everybody around you is thronging you and you ask who's touched you? He looked around to see her who had done this thing and it says, but the woman Fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Everywhere Jesus went, he talked, taught, he approached people, he challenged people to have faith. We must believe that God can. We must believe that God can. That's all that's required. You don't have to figure out how. You don't have to figure out all the details. That's not your business. 
Somebody says, well, I don't have very much faith, Pastor. My faith is gone. I have a hard time believing. I understand. What's necessary is not whether or not you have the ability. It's whether or not he has the ability. Can God do it? Can he do it? That's your first level of believing. Can he do it? And all you got to do is take a look around you, this world and its beauty, its majesty, and you got your answer. Yes, he can do it. Yes, he can do anything. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, all authority and power belongs to him in heaven and in earth. He can do anything. We need to believe him again for miracles. We need to believe him. Blind Bartimaeus on the roadside, Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Do you see? Everywhere he healed someone, the blind men that came to him, and he asked them a question. It says, and when he had come, in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 28, and when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, according to your faith, let it be to you. And it says, and their eyes were opened. Faith. Believing that God can do it. That's your part tonight. And I want you to believe him for miracles. I want to start registering miracles. I want to start keeping a journal of miracles. I want us to start being the church that backs up what we claim. When we say we're walking by faith. Walking in the Spirit. Did you know that one of the gifts of the Spirit is faith? So somebody says, Pastor, you said in the very beginning, how do I grow my faith? How do I get great faith, strong faith? Walk in the Spirit and let the gift of faith. See, every man is given a measure of faith. For that one that says they don't have any faith, they really just don't know the word. Everybody's got faith. You can't be saved. How many in here are saved tonight? Every one of you had faith when you got saved. You believed that Jesus would forgive you of your sins and that he would come into your heart and life. You didn't have no problem believing that, but you have a problem believing him for anything after that. Isn't that true? We sometimes have a problem believing him for anything after that. But you have enough to, to believe him for that. Why? Because it's life and death, eternal life or eternal damnation. You found the faith. You searched your pockets till you found enough faith. You got faith. But to show you how you grow your faith, the faith of in Galatians, it talks about the gifts of the Spirit. And it says that one of the gifts of the Spirit is faith. And so as you and I walk in the Spirit, our faith is being cultivated along with gentleness and temperance and kindness and love and peace and joy. All of these things are being cultivated in our lives. But one of the things that's being cultivated in your life is faith. So as you live just and as you live in a correct relationship with the Lord, you can trust and know that your faith is being grown. 
It's becoming stronger. Does that make sense to you? Do you get that? As your faith is being developed in you, then you can understand and know to believe God for great things. There are degrees of faith. There are degrees of how we, we literally find the, the, the cultivation happening in our lives. And it's all about finding the fruit of the Spirit, meekness, temperaments, against such there is no law. All of these things working in our lives right next to faith. And it's walking in the Spirit. The Bible says be filled with the Spirit, but the Bible also says that the Spirit himself is called the Spirit of faith. I mean, do you see that? He's wanting us to understand faith is all of it, encapsulated, everything, faith, faith. Have faith for everything. Have faith for your walk. Have faith for your salvation. Have faith as you acknowledge God in all creation. Have faith in what he's putting inside you and the gifts and the, the, the way that he's growing you in his relationship with you. That's faith. Faith is what's growing and being nurtured. And then the Bible says, and we quoted it earlier, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we now understand that not only is faith the spirit of faith at work in us, but the word of faith is working in us alongside of the gift of the spirit of faith in us. You can't go wrong if you'll just stay focused on Christ and living that gospel life. Faith in the Lord. Faith over your family, faith over your son and your daughter, faith over your marriage, faith over the finances, faith over all the things in your life that you are praying about, that you're heavy about, burdened about, faith over our country. I'm applying, I want to apply faith to everything. Don't just pray, pray in faith. Pray believing that God can. Pray believing that God will when we do this, we're sure. You know, it was the centurion who said, Lord, nevertheless, at your word. What, what was that? That was an example of faith in the word. Faith in the word. You need to understand this principle so that you can see the miraculous and the power of faith at work in your life. I want you to stand with me tonight. They'll come to the instruments. I want to challenge you tonight to have faith for the needs, to have faith and confidence in a God who is able to do anything. And I want you to think about what are the most impossible things what are the things that you need to see God do that the enemy would taunt you with and tell you that that's impossible? You're not going to see it. It can't happen. The enemy would even lie to you in deception and tell you that it's not God's will. I want you to, down inside your spirit tonight, I want you to think of the very hardest, most impossible to humanity circumstance or thing that you're praying about or that you've even stopped praying about. I'm challenging you tonight to believe God for miracles. I'm challenging you to believe God for the impossible. 
If you got a headache, we'll pray for your headache. And if that's all you got, then come on down. But I'm asking you, man and woman, boy and girl, I'm asking you, what is the hardest thing you can think of? That thing that you are almost hesitant to bring to this altar. Man, I feel him. If you will be challenged tonight to believe that he can. I believe that you're going to see a miracle happen. I'm believing with you. And before you come, I would like as many as will to pray this prayer with me, a prayer of agreement. How many of you will agree with every brother and every sister in this house for the miracle in their life? Say, I will agree with them. You know what the Bible says about agreement? If any, if any two will agree to touch a thing, I'm telling you we're going to see it tonight. Father, we pray a prayer of agreement right now. Lord, I pray that you will touch and minister to those who are here in this house. And Lord, I'm seeing faces of those that are, I can see almost the heaviness as they pulled up that one prayer request that's so dire. That one wound, that one hurt, that one thing, God, that they, they thought they just have to live with the rest of their life. God, I, I saw in their faces as they drug that up out of the closet of their mind and their heart. And God, they're daring to hold it in their hand and bring it to you. God, I agree with them. In the name of Jesus, I agree with them. I believe. I believe that you're able. I believe that you can. And Lord, I stand in a prayer of agreement with my brothers and my sisters. And I ask you, Lord, to provide the miracle for them in such a way that it glorifies and gives credit and honor only to your name. That son that needs saved, that daughter that needs saved, that cancer that needs healed, that job, that marriage that must be restored, I pray, God, for the hard things. And I pray a prayer of agreement with them tonight. If you've got that thing, if you've got that prayer, if you've got that request, if you've got something you're holding in your hand that you believe God can do, I want you to get out and bring it to this altar. In the name of Jesus, would you come? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We believe you tonight, Lord. We believe you tonight. We believe you tonight, Jesus. I agree with my brothers and my sisters. I know that you're able. Nothing shall be impossible with God. Nothing is too hard for God. We know that you're able tonight. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the miracles. We thank you for the angels that are being dispatched from this sanctuary tonight, that are going to places all around this globe, all around this earth. God, I believe you're answering prayers that some haven't prayed in a while. Lord, they've been kind of 
inconsistent and they've not wanted to pray. They didn't believe, Lord. They, they didn't dare to think that this was something they could trust you with. But God, they're giving it to you tonight. I thank you that you're moving on their behalf. Faith is arising. Faith is growing. Faith is becoming strong in this house tonight as we simply believe that you can. We honor you tonight, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You are all I need. Oh, you're all I need. Oh, I believe. I believe. You're my portion. I believe. You're more than enough for
How many, how many of you would agree with me that prayers have been answered in this place tonight? I believe we have miracles from one side of this sanctuary to the other. Not because of anything that I've said or that we did, but because He can. He can. He's God. He's in control. And when we just begin to see that, know that, walk in that, live in that, I started praying. I said, I pray in the spirit of faith. I pray in the spirit of the word. I pray in the spirit of agreement and the power of God. How many of you are going to see a miracle? You're going to see a miracle. Let me see. Where's the faith? Where's the faith? I'm going to see a miracle. I want you to start logging it. I want you to call the office. I'll put them on notice. Man, there's going to be a hotline for miracles. I want you to tell us. Let us know. Brother Tony, I'm believing it for you. I'm believing it. He can. He can. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Y'all would like me to settle down some, wouldn't you? <laughs> Father, we thank you tonight. I thank you for my church. I thank you, Lord, for good people, blessed people. Lord, I thank you for people that love you, that are hungry for your word. Lord, folks that don't want to play church, I thank you for them. I pray that you will bless them as they depart from this house to be the church at large. Thank you that they'll be the church on their job. and They'll be the church in their family, at their house. They'll be the church in their neighborhood. They'll be the church everywhere they go. I thank you for favor, for protection, for blessing. And I thank you, God, for people that are going to be used as light and salt all over this community. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. Before you go, I wanted to say this. This morning, the, the way the Spirit moved and things happened, I didn't get it wrote down, or I got it wrote down, I didn't get it said, and that's that I want to thank you. I want to thank you for last Sunday. I want to thank you for being a church that just that loves and uh, I, I, I don't know why you love me so much, but your cards told me you did. And unless you ain't telling the truth, I feel real loved. I read each one. Some of you had so, much, so many beautiful things to say, and I thank you. You poured life into me, and you encouraged me. And thank you so much for your gifts, the way that you just lavished me with love, you know. I am so thankful, and I spent a lot of time thanking God for you, but I want to make sure you know, and I will be writing out cards, making sure you get the proper kind of thank you, but thank you for being people that just love, and you sure have proven yourself to me, and I, I, am, I am so blessed. I got the greatest job on the face of the earth. Nobody has a better job than me. I love my church. I love my friends, and all of you are my friends. So God bless you. Have a wonderful week.
And let's come back this next week fired up, ready for another round. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Something in your eyes. Something in your